Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying visuals, including maps, charts, timelines, photos, illustrations, and diagrams. Support our channel by watching and clicking on the ads in the video. It costs you nothing, and by doing so, gives us extra credit and encourages, supports, and helps us to create more quality content. Thanks! Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Join me as we investigate whether early European colonization and settlement of North America ushered in the realization of utopian ideals or dystopian nightmares. One person's utopia is another person's dystopia. This has been true throughout history, including when the old world and the new collided starting in the late 15th century. Let's examine the good, bad, negative, and positive ramifications of this titanic clash of cultures. A dystopia, or anti-utopia, is a fictional community or society that is undesirable or frightening. It is often treated as an antonym of utopia, a term that was coined by Sir Thomas More and figures as the title of his best-known work, published in 1516 which created a blueprint for an ideal society with minimal crime, violence, and poverty. The relationship between utopia and dystopia is more complex than this, however, as utopian elements are found in many dystopias, and vice versa. Thomas More thus gave us the term utopia in the early 16th century, and 20th century authors have challenged his premise by fictionally creating the dystopia often characterized by rampant fear or distress, tyrannical governments, environmental disaster, or other characteristics associated with a cataclysmic decline in society. Despite certain overlaps, dystopian fiction is distinct from post-apocalyptic fiction, and an undesirable society is not necessarily dystopian. Dystopian societies appear in many artistic representations, fictional works set in the future, and in many subgenres of fiction that are often used to draw attention to society, environment, politics, economics, religion, psychology, ethics, science, or technology. Some authors use the term to refer to existing societies, many of which are, or have been, totalitarian states or societies in an advanced state of collapse. Dystopias, through an exaggerated worst-case scenario, often make a criticism about a current trend, societal norm, or political system. Many early settlers to North America envisaged the creation of a utopian society. An ideal place, paradise, city upon a hill, heaven on earth, new garden of Eden, with idyllic religious, social, and political customs. This misplaced faith in political utopias, however, sometimes led to failure and ruin during the nascent North American colonization process. Many American statespersons of differing political persuasions have, over the centuries, turned to the utopic connotations of the aforementioned biblical phrase, city upon a hill, including President Reagan, who was inspired by the idea of America as a country created for religious freedom and self-governance, when famously saying, I have quoted John Winthrop's words more than once, for I believe that present-day Americans are every bit as committed to that vision of a shining city on a hill as were those long-ago settlers. In my mind, it was a tall, proud city built on rocks stronger than oceans, 
windswept, God-blessed, and teeming with people of all kinds living in harmony and peace. A city with free ports that hummed with commerce and creativity. And if there had to be city walls, the walls had doors, and the doors were open to anyone, with the will and the heart to get here and become Americans, awed by what has gone before, proud of what for them is still a shining city on a hill. The term Brave New World comes from William Shakespeare's play The Tempest. In Shakespeare's day, the discovery of the New World seemed to open up, for Europeans, a new page in human history and an opportunity to achieve a better way of living. Since then, the term Brave New World has taken on a life of its own and morphed into something for everyone. Many use the term to describe an optimistic view of the future and the exciting possibilities that lie ahead in all fields, while others have adopted a darker, more sinister meaning. These diametrically opposed interpretations of the term are often employed by historians who differ on the legacy of European contact, engagement, intervention, invasion, displacement, and settlement of North America, and the subsequent improvements, advancements, and of its eclectic mixture of population and diverse, vast territories. I recently reread Aldous Huxley's classic novel, Brave New World, along with George Orwell's celebrated 1984 and Animal Farm, Ray Bradbury's seminal Fahrenheit 451, and Thomas More's groundbreaking Utopia. When sharing my reading list with fans of this podcast via social media, I received a few interesting messages, including GD on Facebook, who commented, quote, Sadly, these classics outline where we are today as a society and where we are going, end quote. MT opined, Unfortunately, that vision was never realized. The new science and technology of the 19th century became one more engine of destruction rather than a means to abolish human suffering. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. BP declared that... In the name of diversity, we are seeing enforced conformity, which is very Orwellian. Listener GG wrote me the following. Hi, Mark. In episode 11 of your series, you revealed a little-known pre-colonial feature of Aztec history in that they instigated a policy of burning the books of conquered Mesoamerican indigenous peoples with the aim of erasing all memories of a pre-Aztec past. Learning this was shocking to me. Like most people, I was aware of the Spanish colonizers burning the books of the vanquished Aztecs, but unaware that the Aztec themselves had, prior to Spain's takeover, done the same to their own enemies and conquered peoples. Fascinating. It just goes to prove that this type of reprehensible conduct was in no way exclusively Eurocentric behavior, but instead human behavior. 
Viewer T.S. confessed that the burning of books by the Aztec reminded him of the 1953 dystopian novel Fahrenheit 451 by American writer Ray Bradbury. He went on to explain that the title of the novel describes the temperature at which book paper catches fire and burns. That is, the auto-ignition temperature of paper. Fahrenheit 451. What a great title for a novel. L.M. on Twitter insisted on adding one more title to my dystopian reading list. The 1924 novel We by Russian writer Yevgeny Zamyatin. Well, L.M., I took your advice and read the book. Thanks for the suggestion. By the way, the novel describes a world of harmony and conformity within a united totalitarian state. It influenced the emergence of dystopia as a literary genre. George Orwell claimed that Aldous Huxley's 1931 Brave New World must be partly derived from We, but Huxley denied this. The novel We, spelled W-E, is set in New Mexico where the culture of the village folk resembles the contemporary Native American groups of the region, including the Puebloan peoples of Acoma, Laguna, and Zuni, descendants of the Anasazi, featured, you may recall, in Episode 7 of this series. To learn more about these perennial literary favorites, I encourage you to read the print copies or listen to the audio versions. If you instead choose to view the many secondary sources dealing with these tomes, such as movies, video series, TV programs, documentaries, critiques, or reviews, beware. Always apply my two sources rule described in episode 25 to check the historical veracity of any kind of material that connects with the past. Now, here is some entertainment content available for your consumption and enjoyment inspired by my list of classic utopian and dystopian literature. A Man for All Seasons is a 1966 British biographical drama film based on Robert Bolt's 1960 play of the same name and adapted by the author for cinema. It was directed by Fred Zinnemann, who had previously directed the films High Noon and From Here to Eternity. The film and play, A Man for All Seasons, both depict the final years of Sir Thomas More, the 16th century Lord Chancellor of England who refused both to sign a letter asking Pope Clement VII to annul Henry VIII of England's marriage to Catherine of Aragon and to take an oath of supremacy declaring Henry VIII supreme head of the Church of England. Paul Schofield, who had played Thomas More on stage, also took the role in the film starring alongside Wendy Hiller, Robert Shaw, Orson Welles, Susanna York, and John Hurt in one of his earliest screen roles. A Man for All Seasons was a critical and box office success. It won the Oscar for Best Picture at the 39th Academy Awards, while the cast and crew won another five, including Best Director and Best Actor. It also won the Golden Globe Award for Best Drama Motion Picture, and the BAFTA Awards for Best Film and Best British Film. Charlton Heston starred in a 1988 film version with Vanessa Redgrave and John Gielgud. In 1991, the BBC produced an adaptation of this story for television. Patreon member GG recommends the 2020 American science fiction drama series Brave New World, loosely based on the classic novel of the same name. He also mentions two film adaptations of the book, produced in 1980 and 1998, with the latter movie starring Peter Gallagher and Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek fame.
Our loyal patron further references two TV documentaries that exploit the book title in 2011's Brave New World with English theoretical physicist, cosmologist, and author Stephen Hawking, and Darwin's Brave New World expose on evolution. 1984 is a British film based upon the 1949 novel. Starring Richard Burton and Susanna Hamilton, the film follows the life of a low-ranking civil servant in a war-torn London ruled by a totalitarian superstate. Actor John Hurt portrays the protagonist who struggles to maintain his sanity and his grip on reality as the regime's overwhelming power and influence persecutes individualism and individual thinking on both a political and personal level. Animal Farm is a 1954 British-American animated drama and propaganda film commissioned by the American OPC, a branch of the CIA that dealt with the use of culture to combat communism. The story tells of a successful farmyard revolution by the resident talking animals versus the farmer that goes horribly wrong as the victors create a new tyranny among themselves. Based on the 1945 novel by Orwell, the film became a staple of classrooms in America and Britain. Fahrenheit 451 was first a 1966 motion picture and then a 2018 American film based on the book. The movie is set in a controlled society in an oppressive future America in which the government sends out firemen to destroy all literature to prevent revolution and thinking. Both films follow a fireman whose job it is to burn books, which are now illegal, only to question society after meeting a young woman. Zamiatin's We has been made into a 1982 German TV movie and 2021 Russian film, as well as the French experimental short film The Glass Fortress in 2016. And finally, learn more about all these great literary works with Wondrium. The Teaching Company's Great Courses Wondrium Free Trial offers streaming access on your computer, TV, or mobile device to thousands of unlimited ad-free video courses, lessons, documentaries, travel logs, and more. Follow our custom link in the show notes for free trial access to mind-blowing educational experiences. I'm Mark Vinette, and thanks for joining me. It's always nice to have your company. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. 
Again, text history. That's H I S T O R Y. Using the code three o six o five.